everyone, and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. We're heading into the week's 14's game, so it's the fantasy playoffs for all of you traditional format players out there. But since it's Friday, I'm going to focus my attentions on the Sunday slate of DFS. But before we get there, I want to share with you an exclusive offer on Football Outsiders, the innovators of modern football analytics with the proprietary metrics you know and love like DVOA and DYAR. Those metrics are used by teams and they're great tools for fantasy players as well. So you can get the most out of your fantasy teams and DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. Become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide on all of Football Outsiders tools and statistics. Meanwhile, the show is also brought to you by Edge Sports, trusted by Super Bowl champions and billion-dollar betting syndicates. Only Edge Sports offers a fully customizable probability engine, interactive matchup models, and spread and over-under projections. Find your edge today with promo code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide on all of Edge Sports packages, EDJ Sports. Okay, speaking of that DFS slate, I'm just going to go position by position for you today, starting at quarterbacks, where Tom Brady, one of my favorite values this week, $250 surplus in DraftKings at $6,900, $700 surplus in FanDuel at $7,800. I would say there's a kind of growing pessimism among fans and, and analysts talking about the, the Bucks. They've lost four, uh, three of their last four games. But I would keep in mind that three of those games, three losses, were to the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs who are ranked 2nd, 4th, and 13th in pass defense DVOA. So I think Brady's struggles in that time make a little bit of sense relative to the matchup. This week, the the Vikings, I mean, they're not exactly a bad pass defense, but they are a small booster of completion percentage, yards per attempt, and touchdowns per attempt. And since Brady is back at home in Tampa Bay coming off the bye, I feel pretty good about his chances to have a nice fantasy day. He's one of the better options for you among the top 10 in traditional formats. Digging maybe a little bit deeper, Matt Ryan, $850 surplus in DraftKings at $5,700, $500 surplus in FanDuel at $7,300. Last week, his fantasy day wasn't tremendous, 273 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. But again, that was against the Saints in their number two DVA pass defense. In general this season, he's just fared so much better with Julio Jones in the lineup than without nearly a 10-point fantasy swing having Julio versus not having him. Julio was back last week, looked pretty good. I know he's Missing some practice, I think that's really more of a maintenance thing since he's been dealing with the leg injury all season. Uh, I'm going to trust that he plays this week, and therefore I like this matchup. He's on the road against the the Chargers. Traditionally, you would probably assume that Ryan would be a better performer at home than on the road since he plays his home games in the Dome. That Since 2017, that actually hasn't been the case. 2.2 more fantasy points per game on the road than at home. And playing on the road this week, he gets the, the Dome matchup against those Chargers who, even though they're a little bit of a cutter, a completion rate in yards per attempt. They are the number three booster of passing touchdowns per attempt. So I think it, from a fantasy perspective, kind of adds up to a pretty good matchup, and I'm trusting Ryan this week as well. And then speaking of Ryan's, Ryan Tannehill, my third quarterback, closer to neutral, negative $150 um, shortfall in DraftKings at $6,700, $50 surplus in FanDuel at $7,900. actually had a harder time finding some of the better quarterbacks with great matchups this week. I think kind of later in the season, the, the DraftKings and, and FanDuel prices are kind of getting more aligned with what I'm seeing from, from my modeling too. But Tannehill, someone as I'll point out that I think is still kind of lagging a little bit as somebody that had really tough matchups between weeks 7 and 12 in that six-game stretch. He averages 206 yards and 1.7 touchdowns per game, but faced off against the Steelers, the Bears, the Colts twice, and the Ravens, all in the top nine in DVA pass defenses those weeks. 
His schedule has started to turn around over the last half of the season. In week 13, last week he played the Browns, who were 22nd in DVA pass defense, and he exploded for 389 yards and three touchdowns. This week he gets the Jags, who are 31st. So I think a really nice opportunity to uh, produce a nice fantasy day. The Jags are the number one booster of yards per attempt for quarterbacks, 12% boosters there. Number two, passing touchdowns per attempt at 30%. So I think Tannehill... I mean, you're paying a little bit more for him, but I think he's worth the price. Could be one of the top scorers, independent of price this week. Next up, we have running backs, uh, starting with David Montgomery, a favorite of mine for the last couple of weeks. I continue to see him as a surplus value this week, about $1,500 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Those last two weeks, he's faced off against the Packers and Lions, which are bad run defenses by DVOA standards, and he's produced 254 total yards and three touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Texans continue that trend. They're 26th in DVOA defense against the run. So you love that matchup. You have a, Maybe the Bears have a little bit better chance this week to build a lead and rely more on Montgomery to salt the game away. But the te- Texans are a top three booster or a top four booster, not just of yards per carry and touchdowns per carry, but also of run plays. Again, the game script kind of coming involved there. So I think Montgomery can continue his streak this week. Uh, digging maybe a little bit deeper, Kenyon Drake running back for the Cardinals, a mild surplus of about three to $400 in both DraftKings and, and FanDuel this week. I feel like Drake's reputation is kind of still lingering from that first four weeks of the season when he had just one rushing touchdown. But I would note that over that stretch, he had 2.32 opportunity adjusted rushing touchdowns. And that 1.32 touchdowns shortfall was the eighth highest at the position, which basically to me suggested that he was unlucky not to score two or three touchdowns over that period of time. Since then, weeks 5 to 13, he's had seven rushing touchdowns as one of the leaders of the position in that respect. And 8.13 opportunity adjusted rushing touchdowns, again, one of the leaders. And in particular, I would say has scored four touchdowns in his last three games. I don't think that is actually coincidence because in that time, Kyler Murray has had just five carries in all three games after having 10 or more carries in his previous four. It seems to me that Murray is playing through a shoulder injury. There's kind of been some whispers about that, and he hasn't been playing as well. But from a fantasy perspective, that's really kind of led to extra opportunities for Drake carrying the ball. And that may be something you can take advantage of. I mean, maybe Murray can get over it, but at least for the time being, it seems like Drake is going to be more of a value getting more opportunities near the goal line. Next up, Miles Gaskin, $200 surplus at $5,600 in DraftKings, $650 surplus at $6,000 in FanDuel. He came back last week uh, after missing, I think, four games with a knee injury and had 23 touches, so that was good to see. And he'd actually had at least 14 touches in weeks three to eight before the knee injury and was kind of, uh, you know, kind of a workhorse type of, of running back in that time, which may not match your perceptions given that the Dolphins have had to switch up their running backs a lot this season as various players have gotten injured. The one sort of player that I think may be um, a, a chance to disrupt that order would be Salvin Ahmed, uh, but he hasn't returned to practice yet this week, so I think it's unlikely that he plays, and as such, Gaskin can continue his work as the lead back there for the Dolphins. If you're looking for a running back that's a little bit higher on the list, I would say Aaron Jones is probably the closest you're going to get to having a good value. $100 shortfall in DraftKings at $7,600, negative $700, so $700 shortfall at $8,700 price tag in FanDuel. On the road at Detroit, it's just one of the best matchups in the league. Obviously, his price reflects that, but Jones could still have a massive day here. Uh, The Lions are a top five booster of run plays, and they're a top 10 booster of yards per carry and touchdowns per carry and receiving yards per target and touchdowns per target to running backs. So kind of everything working in your favor there. Look for the Packers to build a lead there and maybe ride him and potentially Jamal Williams, uh, players that could really benefit from the matchup there. 
And then last at the position, Wayne Gallman, $100 surplus at 5,700 in DraftKings, more of a surplus of 700 in FanDuel at $6,000 price tag. He continues to, to be good. I mean, 49.5% carry share since week seven is the 10th highest among all players. And he has 5.53 opportunity adjusted rushdowns in that time is the fourth highest behind just Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, and Cam Newton. So we're talking about the elite of the elite touchdown scorers here. Coleman doesn't have that reputa- uh, reputation, but I think as long as Devontae Freeman continues to miss time, I mean, it's there's there's really no threat to that workload there. He's actually scored six touchdowns, so even a little bit of a surplus there, and continues to be undervalued in, in the DFS platforms as far as I can see things. Okay, next up, wide receivers. I'll start with a couple of Jets here. Brashad Perryman, $1,800 surplus in DraftKings, where he's only $3,900. Uh, price tag, $500 surplus at $5,800. More expensive there in FanDuel. So part of this is, is the matchup. The Seahawks are the number 27 DVOA pass defense, but number 13 DVOA run defense. So I think you expect the Jets to pass more than usual here, and they're kind of a heavy passing team in general, given that they tend to trail in games and have to pass for game script reasons. So you kind of like the Jets receivers from that perspective. But then more so for Perryman's sake, I would say Denzel Mims, he won't be playing this week because of a family situation, which is going to keep him out. And since week 12, when Sam Darnold returned to the field, Mims has had a 23.4% target share that's 27th highest to the position. So you figure some of those targets will probably be going to Perryman and to Jamison Crowder, who, by the way, are both top 20 among wide receivers with 25.5% target shares in those last two weeks as well. So I think Perryman has a chance to get a really heavy workload and is not priced for it in the DFS platform. So maybe a good value play for you this week if you need to save a little bit of money. And if you want to go way inexpensive, you know, Jeff Smith is basically the minimum price. I think he'll be the player that directly replaces uh, Denzel Mims in the lineup, although probably won't see as many targets as Mims would normally see on his own. Kind of going along with the teammates game of things, I think both Chad Hansen and Kiki Cutie are good values here, in particular Hansen, who I see as a $1,350 surplus in DraftKings at just $3,900 and $850 at $5,100 in FanDuel. I mean, I think mostly this is just Deshaun Watson is amazing. Uh, kind of an up and down season for the Texans as a whole, but Watson has a 28.2% passing DVOA that's third best among all quarterbacks. Uh, also, the Texans are kind of doing their normal thing where 8.3% adjusted sack rate is third worst. So Watson is doing this kind of on his own, and he seems to be able to prop up any receivers that he has in the lineup. That happened last week for those two new receivers. Hanson had an 18.9% target share that was 41st among all wide receivers last week. And I think that kind of hints at where he falls in the order of things to the position. But I'll note that Hanson also had a 92% snap share. That was the highest among the wide receivers on the team. So maybe upside for more. And I just kind of liked what I saw from him. You know, he's a little bit bigger than, than Cooks and, and Cutie. He's six foot two and 202 pounds. He seemed pretty capable of handling some of the contact in the middle of the field. I think could get a, a pretty hefty uh, workload again this week and the rest of the season. And it's probably off of radars because, you know, he was on the practice squad just last week and, you know, hadn't played in the NFL since 2017. He has been on practice squads and such since then. But I, I just think Watson can prop him up and prop Cutie up. Cutie, I see, is a $400 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's $5,500 in those two um, those two platforms, and I think people are probably more ready to see him as a contributor in fantasy, uh, maybe because he's been with the team longer, maybe because he, uh, he was originally a fourth-round draft pick, so a little bit more highly coveted there. Uh, I liked, yeah, I like Cutie because he kind of demonstrated a diverse skill set. He also led the team's receivers with a 24.3% target share that last week. But really, I think both of these players are options for you, both this week and kind of going forward for Watson. 
substituting for Will Fuller, who is uh, going to be sidelined for the rest of the season with his suspension for PED use. If you're looking for a wide receiver more near the top of the list, I'll say Devontae Adams. I like his value more in DraftKings and FanDuel. I see him as a $1,000 surplus in the former, but more of a shortfall in the latter. Adams is as consistent as they come. I mean, that's not breaking news, but six or more catches in seven straight games, 53 or more yards in seven straight games, and probably most importantly for fantasy, at least one touchdown in seven straight games. I like that trend to continue. Uh, the Lions are one of the better matchups, in particular from a yardage perspective, 18% boosters there, top four at the position. But if you really want a touchdown this week, I might kind of rely on Mike Evans more than anyone else, which makes him a $600 surplus in DraftKings at 6600 350 at 7, uh, 7300 in FanDuel. He's facing off against the Vikings, who are a top five touchdown booster at more than 100% to both number one receivers and a deep receivers. I'm not really sure where Evans nets out with some of the added talent to the Bucks, mainly Antonio Brown to join he and Chris Godwin. But either way, I don't think the Vikings can keep him out of the end zone. He's probably my number one choice to score this week among any player, a running back or a wide receiver. And I don't think his, his price reflects that. And then kind of going a little bit deeper again, Brandon Ayuk, I like him a lot in DraftKings this week where he's only 5400 as a $600 surplus there. Uh, it's been a little bit uh, hit and miss a bit about his availability because of COVID tests, either that he wasn't even sick, but 30.8% target share in his last four games would stretch back maybe seven weeks or so, but that's top five among wide receivers in those specific weeks and has had 75 or more yards in those games and three total touchdowns in those four games. So I like him a lot, and I think his value could even increase from here, given that it looks like Debo Samuel may be dealing with a late cropping up injury. If he misses, then Ayak would be the number one target for the team and would be a tremendous value for you in DFS this weekend. And then closing things up with tight ends, Logan Thomas, uh, I see him in particular a surplus in DraftKings at 1450 He's only 3300 there versus 5200 in FanDuel. Thomas, uh, I would say kind of probably famously or infamously at this point, had his best game of the season on uh, Monday night against the Steelers in that upset. The Steelers actually were the number one DVOA defense against tight ends entering the week, but Thomas still had nine catches for 98 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. And while that wasn't enough to, to boost Alex Smith's tight end target uh, percentage up to where Dwayne Haskins was early in the season, um, I still think it's weird to see that Thomas hasn't had his prices change the last three weeks in DraftKings, 3,500, 3,400, and 3,300, and in FanDuel, 5,000, 5,300, and 5,200. So again, had his best career game, and his prices went down in both platforms. I suspect that's really just more about the timing of the game being on Monday, and maybe the price was set before those results came in. But hey, I think you can probably take advantage of that uh, in, in the DFS platforms this week. Digging deep, Drew Sample, an $1,100 surplus at just $3,000 in DraftKings, $300 surplus at $4,700 in FanDuel. Uh, I get the trepidation here. Brandon Allen hasn't hit 30 yards or uh, 30 pass attempts in either of his two starts after Joe Burrow threw 30 in all of his and 36 in all but one of his healthy starts. But there's a big discrepancy in who they're throwing their targets to. Burrow targeted a tight end on just 11% of his pass attempts, whereas Allen's at 25%. I think he's relying a little bit more on the safer, quicker throws, knowing that he can't really stretch the ball down the field based on his skill set and the lack of pass protection that the Bengals have. As such, Sample has had four for 40 and seven for 49 the last two weeks. That's probably in line with what I would expect from him going forward, which, you know, that's not going to be winning you any fantasy championships. But if you need to save money in your DFS lineups, then Sample can be a good value for you there. And then one more option here, Jordan Reed of the 49ers, 1050 surplus in DraftKings, 400 in FanDuel. 
He's had a 15.4% target share in his six starts with George Kittle out. That's 13th highest among tight ends, so pretty good there. And even though the 49ers won't be playing at home, quote-unquote, as the home team this week because of the COVID restrictions in San Francisco, we're going to push him down to play in Arizona. At least that game is in a dome, which I would consider probably more important for, for fantasy scoring than being literally at home anyway. So I have pretty good optimism for Reed. Uh, and if Samuel misses time, then, then all the better for his value, kind of like IX as well. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And then circle back next week. Hopefully, you'll, you'll still be alive in your traditional formats. But circle back to hear my waiver wire thoughts for week 15 on Tuesday. I'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.